Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> oh, it is great to join with you. Yes, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I truly love these teachings of A Course in Miracles. It is my great joy to join with you and share them and see what we can discover inside of them that liberates us from despair and fulfills our destiny as light workers, the light of the world. Yeah, so our our theme this week or our topic this week is from despair to fulfilling your destiny. So let's begin with a blessing and a prayer. I place my hand in my heart and I am grateful and thankful that we can make this move from despair to fulfilling our destiny. So grateful that we can let the past go and live without a sense of lack and limitation hitting us in the head over and over again. We are grateful to open ourselves to recognize that the Infinite intelligence is always leading us, guiding us, divinely directing us, and that divine downloads are always available to us. We are consciously giving up resistance and reluctance to know and remember the truth that liberates us from playing small and living in worry, anxiety, fear, doubt, shame, blame, regret, resentment, hurt, jealousy, and all the other negative experiences of emotions that we are no longer interested in. We are choosing spiritual liberation. We are grateful that there is a way out of despair and darkness and that we can truly fulfill our destiny as light workers bringing the light of the world. We are grateful that everything is for us, nothing is against us. So we're opening our mind to see what's true and let go of what's false. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, it uh, is. Uh, we've been getting a lot of snow in the Northeast Kingdom, and uh, it's intense, intense for me and me Bodhi puppy. Uh, she is, uh, she allowed us the snow, uh, but the frigid temperatures we've had. Um, I guess the coldest in the last few days was negative 
17 at my house. Neighbors, uh, considerably colder than that, but uh, if they're a little bit higher on the mountain. And negative 17 Fahrenheit is something like negative 27 or 30 Celsius. So we're talking some seriously cold weather. I'm learning how to navigate it with a puppy. (laughs) And uh, wow, we've made watching the birds a sport. I have bird feeders all around and on our deck, uh, Lucite bird feeders and Bodie can just sit in front of the glass doors and they, they're on, the feeders are on the doors so she can sit and watch them. She likes to occasionally scare them away, but uh, they're hungry critters and we've got food for them and uh, we're having an, an adventure. <laughs> one, especially when we can barely see because the snow is coming down so hard and the wind. Oh my God. The other day we had gusts up to 60 miles an hour. Yikes. So intense. Oh, and the full moon on top of it. Yes, full moon yesterday. So there you go. So if you're listening to this live or uh, right after it's published, uploaded to the podcast, uh, we're in the tail end of the full moon time here. And uh, it's a time of releasing and letting go. And I feel so energized by it. I really do. I am just pumped about this year. I have all through uh, last year and uh, through the this year too so far in just a few weeks of 2022, feeling the expansion, extraordinary expansion of consciousness. I'm really, uh, despite whatever I'm seeing in the world, uh, I really see it as things are coming up for healing and they need to be released. And of course, we can let things go easily and gently, but many times we choose not to. That's just how we decide to do it. We make a big fuss about it, but it's not necessary And this is one of the most wonderful things I've learned is that we do not have to analyze anything. And that is one of the things that we're looking at here today is giving up the attachment, the ego attachment that we have to analyzing things. And this to me is the fastest path from despair to fulfilling our destiny. And uh, I I can honestly say I feel like I'm an expert in it because I've been doing this uh, in the programs that Spirit has led me to create. Uh, been doing it since 2008, so about 15 years now. And so many people have been able to really successfully transform their lives and go from uh, dark, dark chronic depression and despair to knowing in their bones, so to speak, really knowing that they're fulfilling their destiny in their family, in their relationships, in their friendships, in their workplace, 
in their spiritual community, in our spiritual community, in the world. And that is such a good feeling. It is such a good feeling. And as I've talked about many times, I really started from a place of, this is not possible for me. I had direct messages from spirit uh, going back to the 80s when I was in my 20s, inviting me into this life of healing. And I rejected it because I did not believe it was possible for me. I did not think that I was capable of it. I didn't think that it, it could work for me. I I was so entrenched in self-hatred and despair and a, a sense of I simply am a bad person. I was so completely convinced of that that I turned away, even though I was a seeker. I turned away from the fast track to what was possible for me. Now, do I say I've made a mistake? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because now I can teach from the place of learning that I've had. And so many people that come into Masterful Living and Finding Freedom, the programs that I offer, spiritual counseling training, prayer practitioner training, all of these programs, they they begin from a place that's similar to where I began, feeling unworthy, feeling it's impossible, and, and really convinced that these things work for other people but not for me. And so I can say, yes, I felt that way too, and I'm 100% sure that these kinds of thoughts are an illusion. So today we're looking at the section, The Unhealed Healer. And we're looking at here what's true for all of us is that when we begin this, we are the unhealed healer. Now, we're all healers. I feel it's valuable and helpful for us to know that this is true. We're all healers. No one is left out. Everyone is in this number. <laughs> I think, I think, I like to say that in this number. Uh, it reminds me of that song that uh, we kind of think of as being associated with New Orleans and um, Mardi Gras, that kind of thing. When the saints come marching in, I want to be in that number. So we're in that number. (laughs) We are in that number. And as Jesus said, when he walked the earth, even more shall you do. Even more than what he did, we will be able to do. And it really is a matter of decision, making up our mind. Yes, we are going to focus on what's true for us rather than what's not true for us. So this section we're going to look at is chapter 9, section 5, The Unhealed Healer. And uh, it begins with talking about the ego's plan for forgiveness, which is no forgiveness at all. So the ego's idea of forgiveness is to say, basically, you did something wrong and bad, or even I did something wrong and bad, and essentially, you're not so good, but I 
being better, I'm going to forgive you. And I'm going to give you this gift of my forgiveness. I will still judge you. I will still absolutely affirm that you are not so good and what you did was not good and I am better. Uh, so those, those thoughts, those judgments are going to, I'm going to carry them with me because they are true. And, but I am going to say, I forgive you. Therefore you are forgiven. And I now do not have to be tortured by my judgments of you. That's the ego's idea of forgiveness. So it's not forgiveness at all. It is a reaffirmation of unforgiveness. And isn't that exactly how the ego thought system works? It's always opposite day. I say I love you, but I don't love you. I don't. I need you. I want you. I have attachments to you. But love is not a part of the equation. That's the ego's idea of love. So the ego's idea of forgiveness does not include forgiveness. And uh, I can't say it enough. True forgiveness is the full release of the meaning we made of things, our interpretations, our judgments, our complaints, our attack thoughts. And it's A Course in Miracles would say it's recognizing that what we think happened did not actually happen because this world is an illusion. It's not reality. Right at the beginning of the Course, it tells us nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So we can't actually be threatened in this world because in our true reality, we're eternal, we're infinite, we're unbreakable, unhurtable, undamageable. In the world of illusion, we can be fractured mentally, emotionally, physically. All of these things can occur in the illusion, but they are not real. They're not permanent. They are part of an illusion. And this is one of the most challenging things for anyone to accept. It's uh, that's why I love to point people towards the movie The Matrix. Uh that Keanu Reeves movie from like 20 years ago and uh it's a great illustration. So uh in the beginning of the story Neo, the Keanu character Neo doesn't realize that his mind is plugged into the matrix. His mind is running this computer software. He thinks he's living in his body and experiencing his body, but he's not. His body is in a pod while his mind is in the matrix. And it's opposite for us here. Our 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 mind is in the matrix and our body isn't real. Our our real reality is in another existence, um, in in our true existence. So I what I love about the course is Jesus is leading us, guiding us, directing us to understand these 
mystical truths about the nature of life and our being. He's presenting them pretty directly. If you go through the workbook lessons, you'll see how he's presenting them in a very clear and direct path. And he does tell us in the workbook, you do not have to believe this. Just do the lessons. Just do these practices. Our willingness is all that's required for us to move from this place of despair to fulfilling our destiny. Now, despair is the result of thinking that it's not going to work for us no matter what we do. That's exactly how I used to feel. I used to be, I used to live, I had a whole arrangement in my life in that place of despair, managing and coping with the despair, waking up every day and feeling essentially some version of, uh, back to this place again, uh, uh, and not wanting to be here and really truly feeling like I hated this world this life, this existence. I couldn't seem to find a way out of the matrix. That's how it felt to me. And no matter how hard I tried, no matter what books I read, what teachers I studied with, it felt like I couldn't tap into uh, the the break-free experience. And it wasn't until I made the decision to truly love myself and then really love others unconditionally, without conditions, that I began to break free mentally of the despair and I began to fulfill my destiny. Now, I I don't think everybody's destiny is to be a spiritual teacher like I am, but yes, we're all teachers of God. And so no matter what we're doing for our profession, we can, or if we're retired, it doesn't matter. We can still be t- active teachers of God, living these teachings and demonstrating them in ways that our are life-changing for anyone who's witnessing our life. We can do that. We have that ability, that power. Now, in this section, The Unhealed Healer, again, it's Chapter 9, Section 5, he talks about how uh, one of the things with the many healers attempt to do is they attempt to analyze the ego thought system. They tend to look for, oh, when did that belief start? Was it in my childhood? Where did it come from? And how did I get here? Now, let's say that you wake up one morning and you're on an uh, ice piece of ice floating in the Arctic, Right, your bed is there, and you're warm and everything, but uh, like there's a little bubble, but you're stuck on that piece of ice in the Arctic. Does it matter how you got there? Does it matter? Is that how you want to spend your time trying to figure out how you got there? 
into that insanity, into that insanity bubble, I, I don't think that would be my first thought. How did I get here? Uh, it might be, but I, it's not where I want to spend the next month. How did I get here? I didn't know. My thought is, how did I get the hell out of here? That's that's what I'm interested in. How do I get from here to joy, to freedom, to peace, to harmony, to prosperity, to wholeness, to wisdom, to clarity, to living the life that is the fulfillment of my destiny? That's what I'm interested in. So that's a turn that I made in my mind. I went from trying to figure out how I got here with the, 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 the insane thought that if I could figure out how I got here, I could figure out how to get out of here. No, that's, that's not how it works. In fact, I, I can see now that a lot of why, like 98% of why I was looking for how the hell did I get here to this place of despair and madness was, who do I blame? Who is the one that can take responsibility for my unhappiness? Who do I blame? Is it my mother, my father, myself? Is it my brother, my sister? Is it my body? Is it my my um, what? The way I was raised? where I went to school, what I didn't do, what I could have, should have, would have done, had I known. It's all trying to look in the past for clues. Now, that's not where we find the clues to get out of the past, looking in the past. If if your house is burning down and you'd like to get free, and get to a place of safety, why would you go back into the burning house and look for clues? No, it doesn't make sense. Seems kind of foolish, doesn't it? Unless you want to burn with the house. So let's make a pact, you and me, that we are going to stop looking for the healing opportunities in the past. Now, not that there aren't some things that we can look back and get some uh, insight from and all of that, but that is not the primary way to find our way out. And, And what Jesus says here about this is in paragraph two, where he says, I have repeatedly said that beliefs of the ego cannot be shared, and this is why they are unreal. How, then, can uncovering them make them real? So uncovering the beliefs doesn't make them real. No matter what, the false beliefs are false. They are part of the illusion. Now, the way to healing is to focus on what's real and our true reality. That is the way to wake up quickly 
and fulfill our destiny as awakened beings. So looking in the past for the false beliefs is not the way. He says every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed. So if we're looking for our experiences in the illusion that got us to where we are right now, we are not looking for healing. We're looking for who to blame. He says, every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answer to the problem of healing. There is an advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness, but only to teach that they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless, including any information that our beliefs have. It's meaningless. He says the unhealed healer cannot do this because he does not believe it. So the unhealed healer does not believe that healing lies in our true reality, in letting go of the false beliefs rather than paying attention to them and trying to analyze and understand them. Remember that the ego analyzes. Spirit does not. Spirit anchors into the truth. That is the method of healing. The ego's idea of healing is to analyze the past and assign blame. There's nothing about that that's healing. If you find yourself doing that, stop immediately, take a breath, and call to spirit for assistance. Back into your right mind. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness, such a rich topic. Oh, I just love it. I love it. This is so rich. And uh, this is such, so foundational for me in terms of what I share in my year long Masterful Living program. And uh, registration is closing. So if you're at all interested, come book an exploratory call. Read everything I wrote on the Masterful Living page at jenniferhadley.com. See if it's right for you this year. I'd love to welcome you and spend time with you this year. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love. And I will be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. (laughs) I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we are talking about moving from despair to a deep 
fulfillment through living our destiny. Our destiny is to have a healed mind and to be truly helpful, to be demonstrating the all good of God in our life, in our relationships, in our body temple, so that others are also inspired to do the same. So this is what we're doing, and we're doing it together. I thank you for joining me. And this section in chapter 9, section 5, The Unhealed Healer, is really rich. It's It's got a lot to it. And one of the things that Jesus is saying here is that the way to have a healing is not to look in the past. It is to look to our own holiness, to the higher Holy Spirit self, the mighty I am presence which is our higher Holy Spirit self. There's another name for it. But I really love I am presence and the I am that I am as a way of describing that Holy Spirit, that higher Holy Spirit. Uh, Consciousness, well, it's not even consciousness because it's that infinite awareness and the perfect love that we already are. So our fastest path to healing is through recognizing that we're already whole, perfect, and complete. I like to say it as we're already as holy as holy can be. And so what we're doing is we're letting go of any attachments we have to seeing ourselves as unhealed. And what he's talking about in this section particularly pertains to folks who are spiritual teachers and counselors and life coaches and psychotherapists and those folks. So particularly pertaining to Helen Shuckman and Bill Thetford and their work as therapists And uh, so he's saying here that every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed. And the fantasies are our false beliefs. He says, because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answer to the problem of healing. For me, one of the most, no, the most, well, it's it's hard to say which came first, but my, my most healing benefits came from making the decision to love without conditions and to see my spiritual counseling clients as perfect, whole, and complete. And in doing so, I changed my mind about myself. I had to give up all the judgments I had about people in general and apply to my specific clients the view that they were perfect, whole, and complete. I had to look past all the things of this world to see the Christ in them. And training my mind to do that, I started to be able to do it for myself. And that is the, one of the most beautiful things about 
being a spiritual counselor and doing spiritual counseling is that we we are healed as we let spirit teach us to heal. So I can't heal anyone else. I'm very clear about that. I can only heal myself. But in healing myself, because all minds are joined, I am healing everyone else. And when I walk in the world more healed than I was before, and people can see me, talk with me, walk with me, and maybe it appears as though I'm a step ahead of them, then I can say, yes, come ahead. The way is clear. We can do this no matter how lost you feel. No, no, there is a way. I used to feel lost too. So this is how we can be truly helpful. Now, if we're looking in the past, we're not going to find the healing that we desire. He says here in paragraph three, there is an advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness, but only to teach that they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless. The unhealed healer cannot do this because he doesn't believe it. We're still making the past real. So this is one of the the concerns about trying to heal by Go sifting and sorting through the past. Uh, many times what can happen is as we look at the past, the, the things that we've perceived as hurts and shameful and whatnot, we can easily, very easily reignite our judgments and our opinions and our decisions that we made about those things in the past, reaffirm those decisions, make them seem more real. That's not helpful. So it's not that we don't ever wish to look at the past, but we need to recognize that's not where our healing is going to come from. Our healing is going to come from our relationship with our holiness. So in this, there's a very, very helpful statement that we can use as part of our daily spiritual practice. And that is to say, be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am God. So as I think I've shared recently, I find myself uh, in my prayers a number of times a day now, really affirming that we live and move and have our being in a field of love. Love is all there is. And not only are we in a field of love, we are the field of love, not separate from it. And so this affirming, that we're already free, we're already liberated, we're already ascended masters, we're already there, but we're forgetting it, we're not remembering it. We're, we have selective memory, and we're choosing not to remember it, though we don't realize we're choosing that. Um, Ricky Byers and Michael Beckwith wrote a song I think it was the song Genesis, and in there, uh, Ricky sings, 
I, I, I was walking asleep, dreaming I was awake. I was walking asleep, dreaming I was awake. And so, for me, that was very helpful to have those words to put to my experience. Oh, I've been walk. I've been sleepwalking, thinking or believing I'm awake, but I'm asleep in this dream here. And in my true reality, there I am awake. One of my favorite quotes from the Course, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me say this before. One of my favorite quotes is, rest comes from waking, not from sleeping. So what we're looking for here is a spiritual practice at the level of the mind where we can take it into every conversation, every situation, every activity, all throughout our day. So our spiritual practice does not end. It's continuous. We're continuously pinging, if you will, to the I Am Presence, the Holy Spirit. What am I to say here? What am I to do here? How am I to... Uh, understand this what am I to know here and not going it alone for one more minute you will notice that anytime you feel distressed you've been thinking you're on your own and you have to figure it out but you do not that is a false belief in fact from the vantage point of the ego identified person There's nothing to be figured out. We don't have the capacity because we're ego-identified. So for me, letting go of trying to figure everything out was a huge relief. And that really opened up my awareness of what's true and what's not true. So again, he says here in paragraph 3, section 9, Chapter 9, Section 5, Paragraph 3. There is an advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness, but only to teach they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless. The unhealed healer cannot do this because he does not believe it. He doesn't believe that they're meaningless. He goes on. All unhealed healers follow the ego's plan for forgiveness in one form or another. Remember I said at the beginning, the ego's plan for forgiveness is not to actually forgive, but just to say, uh, because I'm better than you, because, and you're a sinner, I am going to forgive you. That's the ego's idea of forgiveness. He says, if they are theologians, they are likely to condemn themselves, teach condemnation, and advocate a fearful solution. So religious teachers, that's what a theologian is, are likely to condemn themselves, find fault in themselves, because this, this is what Jesus teaches us in the Course is that all I identify ego identified people believe in sin 
and think that sinners should be punished. And so he's saying here, if they're theologians, they're likely to condemn themselves, teach condemnation, and advocate a fearful solution. Fearful solution would be punishment. Punishment to bring the person to the light. (laughs) It's a crazy concept, but that's why it's an ego concept. So he says, projecting condemnation onto God, they make God appear retaliative and fear his retribution. God punishes the sinners. This is the religious belief uh, for many religions. Jesus says, what and and particularly Christians, right? Christians from the Old Testament, right? What they have done, he says, is merely to identify with the ego and by perceiving what the ego does, condemn themselves because of this confusion. It is understandable that they that there have been revolts against this concept, but to revolt against it is still to believe in it. You wouldn't revolt against it if you thought that it was just a fabrication. You wouldn't give it your attention. You would give the truth your attention. You would move into, be still and know I am God. Now he goes on, he says, if the way to counteract fear is to reduce the importance of the mind, how can this build ego strength? Such evident inconsistencies account for why no one has really explained what happens in psychotherapy. Nothing really does. Nothing real has happened to the unhealed healer, and he must learn from his own teaching. His ego will always seek to get something from the situation. The unhealed healer, therefore, does not know how to give and consequently cannot share. So, to have, give all to all. So, to have an awareness of truth, recognize the truth about everyone. That's how we can share. Extending love is how we share. We share by having compassion, not by judgment. He says, the unhealed healer cannot correct because he is not working correctively. He believes that it is up to him to teach the patient what is real, although he does not know it himself. So for me as a spiritual counselor, I don't go into this place of thinking that I need to teach my client what's real. My job in the spiritual counseling session is to know the truth about my client and hold that in my mind. And in my experience, it is deeply healing. And many times I get prompted to make a statement or ask a question to help bring out an awareness of truth that is deeply healing. Where the two are more gathered in the name and the nature of love, in the name and the nature of the Christ. And 
so the Christ is there in the midst. And it is that Christ presence that does the healing. I do not have to do the healing, which is good because I cannot do it for anyone but myself. But I can share my self-healing. I can share my awareness of the truth. And this is what is at the end of the truly helpful prayer. I will be healed as I let Spirit teach me to heal. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. And I, I now I say I am healed and I let Spirit teach me to heal. Because I, I am recognizing in truth I don't need healing. I am healed. I have never been in any other state than perfect wholeness. Okay, so then we go to paragraph six, where Jesus says, okay, what then should happen? When God said, let there be light, there was light. Can you find light by analyzing darkness as the psychotherapist does, or like the theologian, by acknowledging darkness in yourself and looking for a distant light to remove it while emphasizing the distance? Healing is not mysterious. Nothing will change until it is understood, since light is understanding. A miserable sinner, and miserable sinner is in quotes, cannot be healed without magic, nor can an unimportant mind esteem itself without magic. So, the whole delusion is that there's darkness within us, but there isn't. We project that onto ourselves. It's a judgment. It's an opinion. It's not truth. So if we're looking for a clear analysis of the darkness within ourselves, the, all the ego-based thinking, and that's supposed to be our healing method, we are on a detour. We're on a detour. The antidote is to become disinterested in the delusion of darkness and to become highly interested in the light of our being. So we can make the shift to recognizing there, I, my nature is magnificent. My true nature is magnificent. And he, he says here, healing is not mysterious. Oh, let me back up. Uh, he says, so the, the theologian acknowledges the darkness in yourself, thinking it's real, right? It's not, of course, and is looking for a distant light to remove it, right? Some saint or Jesus or something that some spiritual light or healing that is not right here, right now available, that there's this giant distance between us and the Holy Spirit, between us and Jesus, between us 
and angels and saints. And so we're looking to this distant light to have healing. The healing comes when we recognize we are the light. And there is no distance because we are the light. Jesus didn't have any more light than we do. We could say he had an awareness of the light that we don't yet have. We've we've been entertaining other ideas, looking at the darkness and making it real. He goes on to say, both forms of the ego's approach then must arrive at an impasse. The characteristic impossible situation to which the ego always leads. It may help someone to point out where he is heading, but the point is lost until he is also helped to change his direction. So we could say to someone, you know, you're heading in the wrong direction. You're looking in the past for understanding. You're not going to find it there. It's remembering the truth of your being is where you're going to find the healing. So it's not just saying you're lost and you're looking in the wrong direction. He's saying what we can offer is help for looking in the right direction. So for me personally, what has been so profoundly helpful is just to go to spirit and say, help me now. Help me see clearly what's going on here. Help me see and know and feel and understand clearly what am I to do here? I'd I'd like to move through this suffering quickly. How can I do that? What am I not seeing that's true? Because truth is our liberator. And for me, there's the statement, let the truth be revealed and love prevail. Right there, that affirmation, the truth is being revealed. Love is prevailing. Let the truth be revealed. Let love prevail. Saying that in all situations and knowing that is my heart's desire, because it is, affirming that, that is what brings me peace. That is what brings me insight and clarity. He says here, the only meaningful contribution the healer can make is to present an example of one whose direction has been changed for him. Not by him, but for him. And who no longer believes in nightmares of any kind. The light in his mind will therefore answer the questioner who must decide with God that there is light because he sees it. And by his acknowledgement, the healer knows it is there. That is how perception ultimately is translated into knowledge. The miracle worker begins by perceiving light and translates his perception into sureness by continually extending it and accepting its acknowledgement. It affects its effects 
assure him it is there. So I didn't know that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing, and I'm still doing it, which is to affirm the light is here. The Christ is what is real. The appearances are not real. So I don't need to be upset and bothered by them, make them real. Instead, let me affirm what is real, what is true, what is everlasting. If it's not everlasting, it's not real. That's an easy way to discern what's real and what's not real. Oh my goodness. Wow, so good, right? This is how we move from despair to fulfilling our destiny, holding the light for others. Yes. And I am so, so grateful to be able to do this as my profession and as I'm, I'm experiencing the healing in the mind, I am teaching others how to do it too. And I, I am beyond grateful. I never imagined this would be the life that Spirit would lead me to. And I'm just so grateful. So yes, yes, yes. If you'd like to join me in this yes, come join me now. Masterful Living Registration is still open. We have an amazing year planned. Book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors. It's a free call. Get all your questions answered and all the details at jenniferhadley.com. I place my hand on my heart, and what I know is we are the light of God now and forever. In gratitude, we say amen, amen, amen. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.